Okay, let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Steak. I'm going to try and keep this short because these intros are stressful. Ugh. So, uh, for this episode, I interviewed Stacy Harkey, who you might recognize from Studio C. Turns out we have like, uh, I don't know, 30-something friends in common, including Tori Pence, also of Studio C fame, um, who I'm pretty sure you can hear laughing in the background at some point. You know, it's an Easter egg. You know, just uh, try and find where it is, and I'll uh, give you a quarter for laundry day. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, it was one of those friends, Erica, who put us in touch to make this happen. Erica, thank you. I owe you one. Feel free to collect whenever. Like, if you need a quarter for laundry day. Uh, before we start, a quick warning. The topics of suicide, adoption, and infertility are very briefly touched on. Now, to set the scene. We're in the game room of Stacy's house, sitting on this infinite yet very finite in length brown plush couch that feels like a, a memory foam cloud. I think most couches are like that, honestly. Uh, just varying colors. I really like couches, you know, they're useful. Uh, downstairs are other guests eating Super Bowl snacks and waiting for the big game to start. As I'm setting up my mic, or uh, pulling up the recording app on my phone and iPad, Stacy and I already have a smooth repartee going, setting us both at ease. Now, kick back, play your favorite Studio C sketch, and enjoy. I'm a pretty big, um, like, Facebook stalker and stalker too. <laughs> like shamelessly. Like I, I'm that person. Oof, that's fine. I go through my phases with Facebook stalking. Like I'll do it, and then I'm like, no, no, this is bad. I shouldn't do it. <laughs> no. I, have, I don't even and get the content why it's so bad. I'm just in. like all there for it. Yeah, it's it's out there for anyone to see. And like if if my stuff like isn't tight enough by security, then uh -huh. congratulations, like you want the opportunity to see where I, I know are. exactly it's <laughs> like if it's public I'm essentially doing this yeah why does Facebook ask where you live it does it does that's one of the things like your your address Facebook is they're selling our information to the government I sound like a conspiracy theorist but I believe it probably did just companies <laughs> probably not just the government and have you heard those stories um, about Facebook like tapping into your microphones is that true uh, no, Reply All did a story about it, but they didn't come to a conclusion. Didn't they just do something where Facebook sold uh, sold people's information? No, no. It was like Ancestry, or one of the DNA companies sold their information or allowed the government to have access to their information. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Some people were like, that, that's good. And people were, people were like, they're going to do it. And other people were like, that's crazy. And then they just did it. So it's like, I don't really care. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, what are they, what, what interest am I to the government? Like, what are they? It's a fair point. Like, what do, we, what do they want with me? I pay my taxes. I'm not... Know. Like, I don't do anything. I... I'm like, whatever. That's probably a really bad way to think about that. That's <laughs> how the government takes over. Exactly. It's like, that's how it all starts. It's how Beaver Vendetta happens. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. That's about Guy Fawkes Day, right? Uh, sort of. It's like kind of, or it's like the Guy Fawkes mask. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I, my best friend in high school was super into Alan Moore comics. Really? And Is so, that who did V for Vendetta? Yeah. Oh. And so when the movie came out, um, I went to watch it with him. He made me read the comics. And now, like, I try and watch it every 5th of November, like everyone else. <laughs> Just, I like a little poem. I have my buddy who lives down the street. He, like, loves V for Vendetta. I, at least I think so. He was always quoting that little, like, remember, remember, the 5th of November, whatever it is. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but where are you from? Wyoming. Oh, you are? Yeah. Uh, my dad grew up in Wyoming. And then I he like served his mission in Brazil. Wyoming, so I'm like, is that where you met your mom? Yeah. <gasps> Scandal. <laughs> yeah, well, like, they didn't, they didn't even go on it. Like, he proposed to her, like, as he left his mission, he wrote her a letter and proposed to her. Oh. But, like, they didn't do anything inappropriate yeah. or anything. That's too um, bad. It's just, he got along really well with her family, and he just, he knew. He knew? Yeah, they're She's still together, Paulo. so. That's pretty good. Sao yeah. Paulo's, like, a pretty, like... Oh, well, she was, um, I think she was born in Patos. Oh, is that, is that, that in Sao Paulo? Oh, wow. I think Cacifi's it's like a bit north. further north, like a couple hours car Patos. ride. Like near, it's near the shore. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Northern Brazil? Uh, I wouldn't say northern, um, more central. Gotcha. But closer to the coast? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's Sao Paulo in general, huh? And then Rio, and then all that good stuff. Got some family in um, João Pessoa also. Oh, yeah? yeah. See, Nordest genius? Mm-hmm. Are you, do you speak Portuguese? Not very well. But you are like... Like, I, I know enough to get by. Yeah. Um, but I could... Like, I couldn't sit here and have a do conversation. Do you go to Brazil every now and then? Yeah. Oh, it's been a few years. We were, we were supposed to go, like, two years ago. Mm. Um, like, around the time of the Olympics. Yeah. And right before I went to grad school. And the, the airline company messed up. And we weren't going to make our connecting flight. And they didn't help us. They're like, yeah, we can get you there for $2,000 a person. We're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, it's... Like $2,000 more than your plane ticket. Um, no, just $2,000 each. But yeah, yeah, in addition to like what we already oh, paid like, for, uh, like they weren't going to refund us. It's like, really? Because it, it's, it's your fault that we're not getting yeah. there in time, so... Actually, so I went back to Brazil with a friend. We went for Christmas. We just like, we're just going to like do Brazil. Um, and we missed our flight. Mm-hmm. Our first flight out of Salt Lake. And that's the same thing. This was they were like for two thousand dollars, we can get you on like another flight. And we were like, we can't pay the, f- we can't afford that. We're like broke college students. Um, one lady though, like brought us behind the counter and like hacked it for us. What? She like for like fifty bucks, she got us like flights to Brazil. She just like took pity on us or something. That's amazing. I was like, I have a picture of her on my phone. I'll never forget her name. It's like Dawn. It's like she's too great. Blessings. Or Lawn or something around the top. <laughs> I'll never forget her name. <laughs> She's great though. That's cool. I I love Brazil so much. I I got like the Portuguese. I took I almost minored in Portuguese, but my goal I studied PR, mm-hmm. and my goal was to do to was to work in Brazil, for a, for a company that's like has like branches in America or something. Mm-hmm. I like wanted. I was like I just love Brazil so much. Life took me in a different direction, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's oh you're already recording, huh? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we could save that for the. <laughs> I was like, why isn't he saying anything? Oh gosh, no, yeah, right on the it's just like, times. I got this from the Nerdist podcast. Like, you just you start recording, and then there's no pressure. When yeah, you start. it's just like naturally just eases in. Mm-hmm. I was like, why isn't he saying anything? But I was like, oh, he's letting me. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, so where was I? A completely unrelated note. My goal was to work in Brazil for a company doing like PR or marketing or something. Because I know America. 
And I figured living in Brazil, people would know Brazil. That's the problem missionaries make is they think they know a country because they've been there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, I know everything about it. It's like, the, no, you don't. You stop. But, um, yes. So I'm just like, jump right in, huh? <laughs> yeah, just tell whatever stories you want. Being gay and Mormon, but telling stories, I like that. Let's see. I should do like a pre-story, a middle of my like phase story and like a post-story. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tend to do that. Oh yeah, so, yeah Dang, that's maybe I should do three pre's then. Mix it up. You could mind, because <laughs> I think about this sometimes. Like, what would I do if I just did an episode about me? Mm. Um, but then I don't, because I tell I tell my own stories during other people's stories, so it's like I, oh. I don't need to do myself. Um, but, like all of mine are about kisses. Oh really? So I think those are all my funniest ones. <laughs> Are kissing women, men, men. Oh yeah, yeah. That's funny. Why? Well, in what the, sense is it just like? Oh, okay. Oh, because um, they were bad. Well, good. some of them. No, okay, so for this one, um, it's for the brevity. So I, I got into this car crash in Provo. Mm-hmm. This huge truck just T-boned my car. And a week later, the guy who crashed into me and I were making out on his couch. <laughs> That's how you get out of uh, paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, interesting. So you guys met at the wreck. Yeah. I, for some reason, was thinking you were going to crash and, like, your faces went through the windshield and just and connected. And smooth. You're like, yeah, you're like, my skull shattered, but I got a great kiss out of it. <laughs> oh, man. That's we'll crazy. A better story. <laughs> how did you... So you met him through the wreck? Is that how it wasn't like you found him on Tinder later or something? No, I just met him through the wreck. Well, get on And then we just, like, we're texting about the wreck. Uh-huh. And then I said, like, oh, hey, by the way, your name is awesome. And um, I don't think he's out, so I, I won't say his name. <laughs> It was just, it, it sounded very regal. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, we that. just, we just started talking. And then my roommates. I just who, want to um, guess now. I'm just kidding. Then my roommates who all three were gay. That's another story. I, I moved into this apartment, didn't know my three roommates and all three of them ended up being gay. Did they all know they were gay? Yeah. Or did they know yeah. each other was gay? Yeah, they, okay. they planned that. And then, oh, that's awesome. Were they kind of like, who's this guy going to be? Exactly. They, they spent an entire week like trying to figure out if I was gay or not. <laughs> And I, I had this poster that I got as a Christmas present that says, unicorns are lame, said nobody ever. Uh-huh. And, they were and like, so that was, that was their four. Like, he is gay. Like, like, look at that poster. He how did has they, to did be. they ask you or did they just do something? They were like, do you want to go to a club with us? Or like, how did they do one it? Of them, one of them, um, he asked me, he came out to me. He said like, hey, like, hopefully this isn't a problem for you, but like, I'm gay. And if you're gay, that's cool. If not, Again, like, hopefully me being gay is the problem for you. He was the sacrificial you. penguin that, that got pushed off the ledge. And yeah. Like, we'll see what happens. And then he invited me to go to a movie with him and some other gay friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am gay. Cool. Like, let's go. And then I ended up meeting my current roommate. Oh, really? Through that. Yeah. Fun. And he's like my best friend. Oh. Scott. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm always curious if I know these, know you're, know these people that you're referring to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Mr. Regal names. Throughout <laughs> this, I'm going to just throw out random names. I'm going to, like, test the waters. Okay. Prince, King, something. Anyways. If you get it right, I'll just bleep it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mika. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying, to think of the first, I'm trying to think of the earliest experience I had where I was like, I think I'm gay. So my like sexuality for me has been like a really interesting journey, right? So I came in for my mission and I was just like, it's time to get married, right? It's like, this is when mm-hmm. everything happens. You know, it's everything. Chakras align. Families get made. Doing my thing for Jesus. Um, and so, which is, of course, as we refer to sex. <laughs> so, super. Sorry, Mom. Uh, so, um, I, I came from the mission. 
and I started dating this this girl that I'd been writing on my mission. Mm-hmm. We wrote. I, she was on a mission. I was writing her, um, and it was great. Actually, it was like really cool. We had like, I was like really into her, and then there was a phase where I just stopped being into her, just like abruptly, just ended. And I was like, that is, you know, and I was never one. I never want to mess with people. I never want to like play with people. So I was like, oh whatever. And this whole time, I knew I was attracted to men, but I thought for somehow I was like. Like, maybe, like, I was fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I served a full mission. It was, like, worthy. And God was like, gay be gone. <laughs> he sprayed me with some, some sweat. Some, some gay be gone he, yeah, got, he got from the store. Yeah, some, like, ground up, like, football cleats or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, I started dating this other girl, and I was, like, super into her. And the same thing happened where it probably just ended. One day I woke up, and I was like, I'm just not even into her in the slightest. I don't know why. And she's amazing, and I wish her the best. And then um, it was like, it came in like, like this bi phase I went through came in like waves, like radio waves almost. And each time the waves got shorter until the last time I dated this one girl, we like hit it off. We were like super, we were connecting really well emotionally and mentally. And uh, we went to this paint party in Salt Lake or like kind of on the way to Salt Lake. It's probably, they probably still do them. I don't know. But we were just like totally hitting it off. And later that night... We went to the laundry room because that's the loophole in the honor code for BYU. Is like the laundry room's like a co ed place and you can access it at any point. So it's like, whose room? House is this? Whatever. So we're just like, <laughs> so of course, the most romantic locations in Provo laundry rooms. Yeah, people are bringing in their picnic baskets. <laughs> yeah. so. That's exactly It was adorable. We're co- we were like really crusty. We were like covered in paint that was drying mm-hmm. and we were just enjoying spending time together. Um, and I remember the, the first time we kissed was really. Kind of awkward. Because <laughs> I'm a big fan of consent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I kissed her and I remember being like, I should just tell that story. I'm, tell- I, I'm just going to tell stories about our relationships with women. Take that, gay podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so um, I, I remember she had gum in her mouth. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, do you have any more gum? And she was like, no, this is the last piece. I was like, dang. She's like, you can have it if you want it. And I was like, right, a clear opening. Yeah, yeah. So I went in for a kiss and she moves away. And I was like, oh my gosh. I thought this flirty banter was like leading to something. And I, maybe she meant it like she was going to put it in her hand. And then afterwards she like looked at me and I was like, can I, can I have your gum? And she was like, yeah. And it gave this really awkward exchange of me asking for the gum. <laughs> and she was just like, she was like, what are you doing? Just like take it. But I was really confused by her moving away. Anyways, we kissed and there was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna feel so bad. This is there was like no, there was like nothing. Mm. I was like whoa, which threw me off because it was like emotionally, I was there mentally. We were like hitting it off, and I was like this is gonna be great. Kissed and nothing, and it was like that little bitty like little bitty like by spark I had was just officially gone. <laughs> but and I always thought too, I was like yeah, it was gone, and I oh gosh, I'm gonna feel so bad if she listens to this, but. <laughs> Okay, just don't say her name. I know, I almost just said it. I almost apologized to her. But we ended up dating. And um, she was preparing to go on a mission. So I was like, oof, I have an out. <laughs> <laughs> and so a couple, like a month later, it was really short, she went on a mission. Um, and I was like, free to be lonely and sad. Because I was still trying to figure out, you know, life. Mm-hmm. So there was that story. <laughs> She's amazing. She's all the girls I've I've dated are married now and they're happy and they deserve men that are crazy about their bodies. You know what I mean? They deserve yeah. that. And I wasn't that guy for them. 
Oh, but uh, hold on. I think I can tie <laughs> every loss of interest in in these girls to like a guy friend I was growing closer to. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just took priority over the relationship. No, I never dated any of these guys. Yeah, but um, I think I can. Come, I can like line it up where I'm like, oh, I was growing closer to this friend, this guy friend at this time. Um. Anyways, so that's after that relationship. I was like, I had to admit, I was like, I'm gay. Like, because it was a long road of like, I don't know if it was denial, but it was just like, maybe like wishful thinking where it was like, oh, I'm not, you know, I don't, maybe everyone experiences this and they find that person. But after that, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to like mess with girls like this. I don't want to, I don't want to play with people's emotions or, you know what I mean? Like the idea of getting married and then five years in being like, oh, this isn't working out. It's just like, not only is it really, imagine, it seemed like super hard to go through, but like, how like selfish and rude is that to the girl you're dating or the yeah. woman you're married to? And at the same time, I do want to say sexuality is a very complicated thing and I don't think there's any like easy answer for it. And so I'm sure people going through that, man, I wish you the best because I can't imagine what that's like. Um, but anyways, there's that one. Uh, any questions? <laughs> questions? Um, if you, in case you do, I don't know if you had like, you're like looking for an in. No, I guess I, I do, but like, I don't want to interrupt your flow if, if you've. Dude, I have no flow. Let's go. Okay. Um, what? Why did you decide to come out? Oh, the coming out. Yeah. The great coming out. Great process. Um, so yeah, so I decided, I was like, I'm gay. Like, it's not, nothing's changing that. No matter how I want to think of it differently or whatever. It's, it's, it is what it is. I'm attracted to men. Um, women, like, unless I'm looking for, like, a friend to raise kids with. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work out with a woman. Um. And so I just found myself like being at church and feeling like one of the, I think we consistently get in this, this like system where it's like we try to, and I don't know if it's we're trying to showboat, but we're trying to put on our like our best foot forward at church sometimes. And we're trying to be like, like how good we are. Like, oh man, like this thing happened. And maybe we're not intentionally doing it, but I feel like it happens a lot. And I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of church. <laughs> Which church is to create this, like, to me at least, it's to create a sense of community and strength with each other, right? Yeah. Like this, we're like, we're like brothers and sisters. Like, we're going through this journey together. Like, let's lift each other up and be supportive to each other. And I think part of that is being vulnerable and real with, like, the challenges we have in life or our experiences. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Like, people, people are in abusive relationships. People have eating disorders. People have, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that, like, you, we experience in this life. And we generally, a lot of it's kind of like taboo at church. Yeah. Um, how great would it be to be able to like be a support to each other? So at, around the time I was just thinking about coming out, I I just been had I was teaching like institute for the, in my stake, and I was teaching like elders quorum, and I love teaching, and I always talk about the importance of authenticity and vulnerability, mm-hmm. and I try to share like stories of like my encounters with like pornography or like masturbation, things that were like ooh kind of vulnerable, yeah. right, to talk about, especially in, like a church setting. It's like, mm-hmm. but um. Uh, I was like, I always had this like one secret (laughs) and not that anyone deserved it. Right. Yeah. But I think especially I've always felt like if you're going to like preach vulnerability, like you have to lead the way. Right. Um, But that was one aspect, the importance of vulnerability, but also just seeing some of the, the lack of experience or exposure to gay members of the church, LGBT members of the church. Um, It seems like people were like 
people almost talked about them like they were like fairies. <laughs> nah, maybe that was wrong. Wrong mythical creature. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Like unicorns is the same way. But it's just like talked about them like they were mythical creatures that like kind of existed, but it's always like your mom's friend's friend's son or something. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like this distant thing. And I think, I think members of the church would be shooketh if they knew how many people around them were LGBTQ. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, part of that was just like, I can support the community. I went through a lot of pros and cons because as I got closer, I was like, I don't need to do this. I could just live my life quietly. But it's like, I have this platform. I can support the community. And what a great way to lead with vulnerability. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of kind of the reasons I decided to come out. And it's like liberating. Like, I don't have to like, like I've been hiding for freaking 30 years of my life. Like, first off, like, it's one thing, it's one thing to be closeted. And I think that's okay. But when you feel like you have to be closeted for other people, I think that is just... That is not cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not fair. Life isn't fair, so that's not a great argument. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I'm like, I'm just tired of like, like, I don't want to, I don't want to censor being who I am. And I'm not talking about screaming profanities and like running around in a, like a jockstrap, you know, like forcing the gay agenda on people. Like, I don't, I'm like, I'm not trying to be like vulgar or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I think it's. I think it's fair to want to be who you are and not have to carry that weight of like trying to hide it. Which that I think is the gay agenda. That's the gay agenda. Exactly. (laughs) It's like people think about the gay agenda. It's like they want every, every man and woman to be making up with men and women by 2030. And it's like, (laughs) we just want to be able to be ourselves and not, you know, be persecuted for it. So yeah, let's see if there's a story related to that. To 2030? <laughs> <laughs> to the, to the, uh, the fake age. And, uh, it's like done a lot for changing my perspective because I, I don't know. It's like at this point, it's like, it doesn't feel like it's about me anymore. Like, yeah, like, yes, it is about me, but it's kind of not, you know what I mean? In yeah. the sense of, there are children like killing themselves because they think it's, they feel like it's better to die than to like live being gay or you know lesbian or trans or, or queer you know what I mean there are parents who say like well at least he didn't act on it like he's going to heaven pure oh my gosh I was talking to this friend and he came out to his bishop like, like looking for support or whatever and his bishop said it's better it would be better that you were born with a terminal illness than that you were gay and I'm like that and you know what my mantra these days are like the world is full of good people just trying their best and your community is full of good people just trying their best and sometimes you know, trying their best with what they have, and sometimes they don't have that much, be it information. And I, that's, that helps me, I hope, gives me like mm-hmm. a patient perspective, but at the same time, it's like, it just, it makes me dying. think of that really old cliche, just the, the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. I think it's like spot on. Yeah. I was, so cute little story moment. Um, I, so my mom is incredibly conservative. Mm-hmm. So my family, you know, like, I think, generally statistically most black like the black community is generally more socially conservative mm-hmm. like fiscally liberal um but um you know very god-fearing people in my family and so i came out to my um mom and i she was just like luckily though and all honesty the lord prepared her like straight up like she had um <laughs> she had had like an impression the day before that like she was like had this impression that stacy's going to be okay she was like, what? That's like super weird, but like whatever. And then the next day I call and I'm gay and she's like, and I'm glad she wasn't like, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming and weeping and wailing. Anyways, um, and so it's been this interesting journey with her because it's been, I think she's trying hard to be like a loving 
mother, but she doesn't want to support something she feels is wrong, but she yeah. wants to love me. And, and so it's like this kind of like weird, she's being like pulled in kind of these couple different directions. Um, and she got uh, Christopherson's book. That I'm not sure what the title is, but it's apparently a book he he wrote. It's, or maybe it's his brother wrote it. It's his brother. Did his brother. I'm pretty write sure it? his brother wrote it. Okay, like how sense. how recent was this? That she that this happened. Yeah, like barely. Like we just had a conversation barely. Uh, then yeah, it was his brother. So yeah, he wrote a book about I guess being gay and a member of the church. Too, yeah, his journey. Um, and she was just like, she was just like I'm very. She was just like was just so supportive. She's like, I want you to know I love you, and I've been realizing it's not my goal, or not my, it's not my responsibility to control your behavior. Mm-hmm. My responsibility is to love you and be a supportive, loving person, because life is hard enough. You know what I mean? Life is hard enough, and then we go around like, you know, this or that. And she was like, I'd love to meet whoever, whatever friends you want to introduce me to. It's still hard for her to say boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, whatever friends. She's like trying to be, she's trying so hard to be like a great mother and she's nailing it and I feel so I just feel so thankful that I have her as a support but that yeah that happened like earlier today and I was like what, oh, is, okay. what a sweet thing I was like that's so cool my family's been really great <laughs> my mom always wants to know about my dating life yeah do you like talking to her about it um I've never like even when I was dating girls I was never comfortable talking to my parents about it and why I I don't know I because I'm close with my parents, but it, it... Like, maybe it was because, like, I knew it was a lie. Like, oh, I yeah. don't like these girls. You're like, oh. And now, I don't know, like, I... Like, it took a few years, but, like... Like, if I want... I feel comfortable talking to my dad about dating. Like, I... Like, just a few days ago, um, I, I've had four dates this week. Dang, Mika! Which is very... Dang. Very unusual. Four car crashes? <laughs> yes, four car crashes. I've had four new cars, and I'm just drowning in debt. And... Like, he was... Like, he was... He was... Like, he was into it. Like, he listened. He laughed with me. Mm-hmm. He... Like, chastised one of the guys. Like... Oh, yeah? Shame on him. <laughs> That's so cool. And... And then my mom, just from the very beginning, you know, she's she's been into it. Like... Mm. Yeah, and a, a few weeks ago, um, my dad's birthday is a few days before mine, mm-hmm. and so I went to Wyoming to see my parents um, for a, a joint birthday thing, and I took my roommate Scott with me, and my friend Beardy, who, he's he's by, he's not out, so, it's, it's why he's got his nickname, Beardy. He's got, oh, I was like... He's got this nice beard. Oh, I was like, yeah. Beardy. Well, um, first off, that's a unique name, so we'll all know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely searching him on Facebook later. <laughs> Did I start, did I confess my stalking on this already when we were recording? I think you, I think you did. <laughs> so much is coming out during this. That's what. That's always how I would be able to like try to tell if someone was gay because I'd be like, you know, growing up they're just being closeted. I was like, I need to know who in the community, and so I would just be like, just searching through people's followers and who they're following and being like, mm-hmm. mutual friends. Yeah, I think they're gay. Always, yeah. But oh, now with mutual friends, it's getting better because I'm meeting more gay people mm-hmm. being out. So yeah, it's it's so easy to find out. With mutual friends. If you just uh, a quick search on my Facebook and you'll be like, oh yeah, he's got it. Yeah, so beard, I just thought like, did, did he go to SVU? That was my thought. <laughs> uh, um, so I brought Beardy with me and like we, we get there and he's bringing something out of the car. Like he and mm-hmm. Scott, my mom comes up to me and says like, are you two dating? <laughs> That's a mother for you. Yeah, That's like, like well, a parent. Like, 
And three years ago, like we we very 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 casually dated mm-hmm. for six months, like just oh. went on dates. Mm. And this was like the six months. Did before. you say six months? Yeah, that's not a short time. <laughs> like we really just. But I got you. It was just yeah, like, just on yeah. dates, and like I I kind of pushed going further, and he was like, no, like I'm not at that mm-hmm. place right now in my life. Um, I, and I didn't respect that as well as I should have. Oh, and still push it. Um, and then finally, like a month before I moved, he he said like, "Hey, I think we should just be friends." And mm. I said like, "That's fair. I'm moving in a month, so that's and that, that's, that's probably the best we could hope yeah. for." And then we we kept in touch. I feel like it'd be really hard dating being closeted. It's usually like one of my criteria. Like the other guy can't be closeted because I can't deal with that again. I've dealt I, with so many closeted guys. Is it kind of the thing where you have to be like, just super? I don't know. It's like you have to put on like we're just good we're good bros in public kind of thing. I uh, like on the one hand, I don't mind. I don't like PDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't have to do with internalized homophobia because actually, Beardy is the only person I've ever held hands with in public. Um, but otherwise, like I'm just I'm not a fan when other people when straight people do it. I get yeah. uncomfortable. Mm. I'm just maybe it's yeah. internalized heterophobia. It could be. I don't even know if that's the word for it. <laughs> no, that's. I'm sure that's it. <laughs> I said it. I was like, yeah. I can't be I've got internalized heterophobia. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's yeah. So it's like you know you're not a PDA person. So yeah. So I. So it's not a huge deal in all that sense. Hmm. But if. God, no, now I'm questioning this because I feel like, sure, like if I'm not that into him, mm-hmm. I could. If it's just the beginnings, I'm fine being like, yeah, we're just friends, whatever. Like I'm. Don't need to be touchy or anything. That's cool. But if I was really into him, yeah, um, I, I I couldn't do yeah. that. Mm. That's such interesting. It's yeah, it's very interesting um, being even though I'm like out. You know what I mean? It's still like I'm still trying to navigate what my relationship is with like. You know what I mean? Like with myself and my sexuality, yeah, and with the church and how does that combine? I was telling, I think I was telling a bishop this. I'm like super open with. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Look on Facebook, you can tell. <laughs> it was like my whole life I've been I've been so grounded in the gospel. Like I was like the perfect child. My parents would disagree so fast. But <laughs> I did everything by the book. Um, I was like did everything right. Like went on the mission, came back. I was like Elder Scorn president, like top institute in like the stake. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I checked all the right boxes. And so I was always pretty grounded in my like, in my just place in the religion and the gospel and now that I've come out it's like switched where well I've always been grounded in the gospel but like in turmoil of who I am mm-hmm. and my sexuality but now that I've come out it's kind of switched where I'm like very I feel very grounded and solid about who I am but my relationship now is like with religion is kind of in this weird place where I'm trying to figure out like where do I fit you know yeah which is um, I you know it's just good questions all around I had a friend who was who's adopted right we were talking about me recently coming out because I try to bring it up in every conversation <laughs> just because I want people to I know some people feel uncomfortable bringing it up I want to just like toss it out if they want to they, they can take the bait if they want to and talk about it if not that's totally fine yeah um, but uh, he's saying it's been interesting for him because some of the arguments against gay marriage especially from a religious perspective is that it frustrates the plan of like God's plan right that mm-hmm. it frustra- frustrates the plan of happiness because it's you know men and women should come here and have kids and that's integral to the plan without having kids like you're frustrating the plan um, and he said 
it was like from his perspective it was just so mind-blowing for me he said it, it was always really hard for me to understand because his parents were adopted mm-hmm. and or his parents were adopted he was adopted and his parents couldn't have kids um he had you know hetero parents and so he talks about if that's the whole plan if that's like not being able to have kids frustrates the plan then does that mean my parents relationship is a perversion uh you know what i mean yeah i also think people don't like that argument no yeah it's like i was like that's i mean it's kind of a it's a cruel thing to say imagine if you're having like infertility problems and or an infertility situation and people are today saying like what a perversion of the plan if you can't have kids like that you know what i mean that's gotta be like or your worth is designated by like your ability to bear children it's like that's gotta that's gotta feel horrible what if having kids like freaks you out too Mm. Like I, I know some women who are like I don't like yes I will have kids but I don't want to like do the actual giving birth having something grow mm. in me like, that freaks me out. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, but that's not. Really I, a I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, that's that sounds terrifying. But I, I like love children. Um, I think there's the beauty to like. There's something beautiful about being able to adopt though, just because there's so many kids that need homes out there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. You reminded me of something. I can't remember what it was. But, um, oh, I just was talking to this friend, and she was like... Because my mom... Like, something that was really big for me, and like... Because I didn't come out until I felt good about it, like, right with the Lord. I didn't feel like... Until I had the Lord's support, I was like... I would have been 60 and sad. <laughs> but um, she was saying, it like, coming out and being finding this, this, like... The importance of doing what you feel is right... And by me, that means like doing what I feel God wants me to do, right? Um, she said, she was like, thank you so much. She's not gay, but she was saying, I have felt that it is important for me to focus on my career over having a family. And she's gotten so many negative comments and so many, you know, uninvited criticisms um, that she said, like, you, the way you're moving forward is something that I felt very strongly about from like a spiritual sense. And I was like, that's really cool. It was also very validating. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always like, am I crazy? I'm like, what? Am I just doing what I want to do, or am I doing what I think is best? And but um, yeah. So here I am, out and about, <laughs> living my life. Do you I think... haven't really told me stories, but that's uh, probably okay. Yeah, know. that's fine. Um, this this is still good. You're saying okay. things. As long as you're saying things. Just rambling up the wazoo. Um, do you think you'll ever start dating guys? Like, have you gotten that far in your your thinking yet? I think. So, and this is like, this has been really helpful for me. I feel like you, if you have the Lord's support, like mm-hmm. you should, and, and, and this is coming from like a very like Mormon perspective, right? Or Christian perspective, where it's like, if you have the Lord's support, like who can stop you, right? Yeah. So if I feel like I have God's support in dating men, like what man is going to step in my way and say, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I pray about it and get like some very positive spiritual confirmation. Personal revelation. Yeah, personal revelation. No one is going to stop me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one. They can't. Like how dare they think that yeah. Yeah. they can. And and you know what? Like I think that's just how personal revelation works. You look at Joseph Smith and um, he had many people that he that cared about him or that were coming from like leadership positions that were telling him he was crazy and he was wrong, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like he honored what he knew was right or what he felt was right, and thank goodness, right? Um, and so I feel like we all have that responsibility and that right to receive personal revelation for ourselves. And so, you know what? Get the revelation, do it, 
And I think part of that is just like it's not always gonna be popular public opinion, but like I'm not gonna lie, like it, I just if that's a big issue for you in my life, if I'm dating someone and that's an issue for you, like thank you next bye mm-hmm. to quote the the prophet Ariana Grande. <laughs> but um, like you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just like I, I feel like that's a like for me that's like. I think that's like something that's pretty personal. I've been so open about most of my journey that I want to like retain some personal aspects of it. <laughs> and that's one of those where it's just like moving forward. I'm like, I don't want to tell anyone what to do with their lives. But I think this is something that I have to like, that's going to be more private for me. I just don't want to put it out there publicly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to just, I want to retain some privacy, even if it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, is that, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Mm. It's like the one way to control like this this information dump of like this complete exposure of this thing I've kept so close to to my heart, you know. So yeah. That makes sense. That does okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you think? How's coming out? Like, this is a stupid question. No. How has it affected your life? Um, the, my the sense. My then. teeth are whiter. My skin is. Uh, <laughs> this yep, did what? not happen to me. I did I, it wrong. I evolved. I went from a Charmander to a Charizard in beauty. No, um, you know what? This is like probably TMI, but whatever. <laughs> there were some elements of my life that, like, I think suppressing my sexuality for so long and set in the way that I did was so. I feel like your sexuality is such an integral part of who you are that it like will find a way to leak out or something in different ways. And this is gonna sound this is gonna sound like an infomercial, <laughs> but since I came out, well, for me, I think there were some ways my sexuality was leaking in ways that I wasn't necessarily in control of, be it overeating mm-hmm. um, or pornography, or um, I think those are the main two. But it's like since coming out, like. I have like when it comes to overeating it has like not been a problem which is like weird and crazy so even if you're straight you should come out <laughs> no um, <laughs> uh, so overeating pornography I have, I have like like hadn't had like and I don't want to say an issue because I don't want to be like if you look porn is bad I think this is like according to my belief right mm-hmm. but um, I haven't looked at pornography since I've come out and it's just like I haven't even wanted to where earlier I think that's where I turned to for like companionship you know what I mean or for like yeah. you know um, I'm trying to think of other aspects. I like to think I'm happier, and <laughs> I don't know about all that. But those are two elements that I've been, I've been like, oh, that's so interesting, and I wonder if that's tied in in some way. And I don't know if 100, but it feel like, yeah, I feel like that's one of those things. But what about you? Has it has it been like? I guess those are two areas, I guess, where it's affected me. But other than that, it's been great. It's I've actually grown a lot closer with like everyone in my life. Yeah. I was like thinking like what a cool opportunity I sat down I talked to I wish I talked to more people but we have so much time um, I sat down my close friends and family or I called them and I was like I came out to them and like without fail every single person it like brought us together except one person <laughs> which is really sad for me because they're a good friend but um, every single person like brought us closer together and it was like this thing where you like vulnerability begets vulnerability and connection and so like I was just crazy like I grew so much closer to everyone and I was like how interesting is that that it's so stupid that you have to come out like coming out is like a thing right I think in a perfect society you just can be yourself and there's no like announcement that needs to be made but what a cool opportunity to have this thing that like 
strengthened every relationship I have, you know? So, like, straight up, no lie. All right, what about you? I'm curious to know. How it changed my life? Yeah, how did it affect it? Was that a question? How did it affect it? Um, I became more indifferent. Oh, really? Yeah. Once I realized... Because when I moved here the last time... Mm -hmm. um, which was the second time I ever lived in Utah. This is currently my third time. Um, why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love people here. Mm -hmm. um, like I remember, like trying to be careful, like oh, like I want certain people to know. And then one of my coworkers guessed it. They guessed uh, it. Well, because she asked my opinion about the the TLC show. Um, my husband's not gay. And I kind of went on this little mini rant about it. And then... You could tell by my face that I yeah. have feelings. <laughs> um, and then she... I had so many feelings, too. And then she said, like... Her response was like, do you want me to help you come out to everyone? Oh, she did? Basically, yeah. Um, this was breezy. She's fantastic. So that was like Every a welcome thing. You appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everyone I worked with was just so fantastic about it. And, like, I, I can't thank them enough for how cool they all were. Mm. Um, Breezy, if, if you ever listen to this, and I, never, I don't know if I ever thanked you properly, but thank you so much. <laughs> and I... Oh, I do have a story. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I... Losing train thought. What was I saying? <laughs> You're saying coming oh, out of be, work, be, became. Yeah, I, I realized, like, these people who care about me, because um, we were like a family... Um, they don't care mm -hmm. like they just want me to be happy yeah and then um like flash forward from there to now um or i guess to um back in july the nicest thing anyone ever said to me was um mika you're just really indifferent <laughs> and then the follow-up someday was like yeah but like in a good way like you you just you, you go with the flow like things you're just okay with things mm -hmm. you know like that you're good. not difficult not like lacking emotion but just like chill yeah mm. and I think that's kind of the big thing that's happened um hmm. I feel like that's the only thing that's really changed in my life because I'm still pretty honest with people otherwise um maybe like I'm more open about things yeah. too. Sometimes a little too open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shoot, that's why I gotta retain one aspect of privacy in my life. <laughs> Just yeah, sometimes to tell people things like, mm. <laughs> maybe that was, maybe I shouldn't have. They don't seem to care, and I guess I wouldn't have cared if they told me. Mm -hmm. But maybe I shouldn't have. I, I yeah, I'm a little too open sometimes. They they didn't need to know about car crash kiss. <laughs> No, no. The world needs to know about Car Crash Kiss. That's, a, that's an important mark in history. <laughs> I, I told that story to one of my friends in Chicago, and she like she was in my program, mm -hmm. writing program, and she's also a stand-up comic. And I told her, she got mad at me. She's like, no, like you need to tell the other parts, or you need to tell everything else. Like, no, no, the, the funny thing is that I go straight <laughs> to the kitchen. No, you have to tell other things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Agree to disagree. That's really funny. What's she saying? Should be. What other things is she talking about? Just like what led up to it, like how, oh, like, like the, the texting, and then like we watched Fantastic Mr. Fox together. 
Uh, I think you told that, that always leads to kissing. Always. Always. I've only watched Fantastic Mr. Fox with I'm going to crack a weird joke. Yeah. <laughs> Several senior citizens and a governor. <laughs> All of us made out. No, um, that's not true, by the way. It was the gay agenda. <laughs> it was the gay agenda. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the first time, I love that. The first time um, I came out, it was actually really helpful. My best friend like kind of prompted me a bit, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend people to do. Yeah. To be like, ask your friends if they're gay. No, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> But I really needed it. My my buddy, we were just like having this heart to harder. And he was like, Hey, would you ever would you ever tell me if you were gay? And I was like, Of course I would. And then I was like, Oh wait. <laughs> I forgot. You were trapped. <laughs> it was so suppressed. Um, and so then I was like, we've ended the conversation and I called him instantly and I was like, Oh, because we like we were like talking late at work or something. Mm-hmm. And I called him, I was like, dude, meet me here. I want to talk to you. Cause I was like, and I was like so nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even like say it it was so hard I was like uh, dude up uh, we were up at it's actually like it wasn't like romantic but we were at like a lookout point <laughs> <laughs> just dudes on the lookout point I think I think every coming out story should be in a romantic location <laughs> <laughs> but I I probably hurt his feelings afterwards because I was like <laughs> I was like dude I'm I'm totally gay and I hope you don't think I'm into you because I'm not in the slightest. And he was kind of like, I could tell him, he was like, ow. <laughs> like, he, he's, he's engaged. He's getting ready to get married and not interested in me in the slightest. But I think it's just the idea of someone being like, never be interested in you. It's kind of like, I don't even need to know you and that hurts. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm really glad he like, just like cracked that like crusty wall shell a little bit because I, I've been trying to, I think I've been looking for ways to get, to, like open up to people and I just, he like extended a hand in a way that was really helpful for me. So yeah, thanks. Shout out to Matt Moen. Shout out to him. He's 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 like my breezy. <laughs> but yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's my coming out story. Kind of boring. That's the first one I came out to. Is it true though? Like, how long have you been out? If you don't mind me asking. Um, a couple of years, three years. Is it like this thing? I saw I listened to this TED talk because I listened to a ton of TED talks about being gay or whatever. <laughs> and one that actually helped was this guy that. He shared the story about the creative energy and mental effort that goes into hiding who you are or like really trying to like mask being gay mm-hmm. is like exhausting. He talked about like, and I did this too, where it's like thinking about the way I walked and the way I talked and how I phrased words and everything and how I was positioned and was like looking at someone too long. And that's just like, that's just like too much. You know what I mean? It's like my brain and mental power could be going into com- like other things completely. Um, but that was a really helpful TED talk. Uh, but then there was, there was one about... Um, I totally forgot where I was going with that thought. I put on this like <laughs> rando tangent. Oh, this TED talk I talked about. Coming out is like this... Like you're going to constantly have to be coming out throughout mm-hmm. your life. Do you, is that true? Um, you can say no. That's cool. Oh well, no. Like I just... I'm going to write every, the TED every, talk speaker and tell them that they're wrong. But I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> quote me. Um, it's... I guess it kind of depends like just because of where I've been since I've like come out to the world mm-hmm. via Facebook in the most chill and boring way wait what did you do? I, um, so okay so you know those people who like do those videos and they inevitably go viral mm. and they're just kind of crying like I love you I hate you <laughs> I hate those I, I, that is I, no tea no shade if that's your style that's not my style I had like no tact. I called my parents and I was like, 
guess who's gay? Yeah, boy. And it was like, my dad was like, are you, are you kidding? And I was like, no, I just, yeah, no. Um, I, and like, I know some of those guys, like I'm good friends with some of them. I have told them to their face, like, no, (laughs) no. Um, so I, so on Tumblr, um, my friend Steph and I created this community called Queer Steak, which is mm-hmm. where I pulled the name of the podcast from. And um, yeah, so, so queer Mormons could gather together and find each other on Tumblr and talk mm-hmm. to each other. And this dude wrote an article about us, and I was quoted in the article. And so I posted a link to the article and just said, "Hey, I'm quoted in this." <laughs> and that's how I came out. It was like a it was like a, a mental like treasure hunt where you're like, "Wait a second, you have to like yeah. draw some lines together." The people would actually have to bother to read it. And so, like, five people liked it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, like, a bunch of people, like, messaged me and either said, like, you know, I'm an ally or, mm-hmm. like, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And so that was cool. That was really cool. Uh, but then after that, I just didn't care. I, I, I just said things. And, like, in Chicago, like, no one really cared. Like, it was just easy to slip into yeah. conversation. That since I've come back here, it's everyone I know is gay. And, like, everyone new oh. I meet is gay. And so it hasn't really... It's like you're, you're, I, I haven't had to come out again. Your gay, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna happen yeah. sometime soon, because um, it's Utah, and no one knows how it'll go down. Well, yeah, it could be very <laughs> bad. Chick Fil A, they'll well, be I'm ready to... those fries. <laughs> I'll be called a hypocrite. You'll either have to get out or pound those waffle fries. Make your choice. I love Chick Fil A, by the way. I do too. Um, freak, what was it? Probably not important. Uh, okay, about coming out. You asked how I came out. Something you said. Anyways, it's probably not important. I'll like, listen uh, back to this and then... You'll know. You'll be like, that's the moment. Yeah. But yeah, dude. That's Those are my poor... I didn't really tell stories. I just kind of rambled. <laughs> no, you told them like, the, the, the story of like I came out to your friend. Uh, like a um, boring story. I wish I had your a ju- mom in the book. I wish I had and... a juicy one. Like I got in a car crash and was like making out in the, in the ambulance or something. Well, the best thing about audio is if you think of something, you can just record it and add it in. <laughs> But that that's me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. No, thanks for thanks for coming here. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, no problem. We should go eat some food. Yeah, we're gonna eat food. Everyone who's listening, you should also <laughs> eat food right now. You're welcome to join. Uh, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Dude, I'm like so awkward on these things. I'm so sorry. Let us partake. Thanks for listening, everyone. The next episode should be out in one week. Yeah, that's right. No two-month gap here. One week. So, uh, be prepared. Um, a huge thanks to Stacy. Really, Stacy, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Um, thanks to Britain for the podcast image. And thanks to Pink Pocket Squares for the use of their song, Tainted Rhythm. If you need to get a hold of me, uh, just find me on Twitter or Instagram or something. Um, If you need to know how to spell my name, it's in the podcast image. Or you can go to Queer Stakes' new Facebook page and message me there. Um, Until then, enjoy this outtake. Um, 
Sorry. Oh, you can edit this, huh? So this is great. Yeah. I was well, like, so you can sing for the entire podcast if you want. That's, <laughs> that's fine. It's, it's different. I was like thinking, I was like, oh, I got to fill the silence. And I was like, I don't have to. You can just like, oh, that's 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 that